Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, watching on YouTube. And thank you for sharing the Grinded Podcast. When you share the Grinded Podcast, you're sharing opportunity for people to get to know Jesus, get to know Jesus better, to get to hear about Jesus and His love and His grace and His mercy, His compassion, His long-suffering. And, and hopefully, hopefully, they'll be drawn to Jesus and they will give their lives to Jesus. And plus, it makes it easier for you to share Jesus because, and let's just face it, you know, a lot of times people are not comfortable sharing Jesus. They're not comfortable sharing their faith. But hey, anybody can say, listen to this podcast and 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 share the link with our, uh, you know, with a text or a message or whatever. Um, when we share the Grinded podcast, we are sharing the opportunity for people to get to know. Jesus. So I thank you for that. And today on the Grind It podcast, we're going to start with Hebrews chapter 3 and we'll finish it up in the next podcast. Um, just as a quick review, the book of Hebrews is written to some Jewish Christians who must have been struggling with their faith and most likely because of persecution. And he's going to mention that, or the author will mention that later on in the book. But throughout this book, the author. He's encouraged the, encouraging the, the, his readers, his audience, to stay the course or to stay with Jesus. And he begins by telling them how awesome Jesus is. And he establishes the fact that Jesus is deity, that, that Jesus is God. Or he, he is at least a part of the Godhead who created all things. And now he is sitting at the Father's right hand in a place of honor, making him far greater than the angels and then he talks about how jesus although he is god he put on flesh and he lived as a man and he never sinned that one time making him our high priest and he could offer himself and he did offer himself as the sacrifice for the payment that once and for all sacrifice for the payment of our sins then in chapter three he's going to shift his focus from how jesus is greater than the angels to how Jesus is greater than Moses, a man who the Jews respected greatly. And for the most part, his audience, or the, the, the author's audience, would be uh, Jewish Christians, which is why this is so heavy, lean toward the Old Testament. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, 1 through 6, it reads like this, And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, Think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built, it, who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. So I want to share some thoughts from those uh, first uh, few uh, verses here in chapter 3. The first thing I, I thought about when I was studying this is um, this. The author is 
definitely writing to people who are following Jesus. Now this will this will we'll hound more of this in in the next podcast. But just keep in mind that he is definitely writing to people who are following Jesus. That's why he says, "And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven." So it's an undeniable fact that he is writing to Christians, people who are actually following Jesus. Now, like I said, in the next podcast, we'll come back to that because that that is key um, to what we'll talk about. The second thing I thought about is this. He tells these people who are following Jesus, think carefully. The King James Version says, consider. So think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. That word consider or to think carefully in the Greek is katanoeo. And it, it means to consider attentively, to fix one's eyes or mind upon. So in other words, he's saying think carefully or consider Jesus or fix your eyes or your fix your mind upon Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. In other words, don't let your mind wander. Keep your attention fixed on Jesus. And, it, it, and you would think that if somebody is following Jesus, they would need to be reminded to focus on Jesus or, or keep your mind on Jesus or fix your eyes on Jesus. But think about it. People drift away all the time. People drift away from Jesus on a daily basis. You, We could go to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and we see our friends and, and our family there, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and all of a sudden, one week somebody's not there. Two weeks, they're not there again. Three weeks, they're not there. Oh, maybe they trickle in on the fourth week. But that fifth and sixth week, they're gone. And before you know it, we don't see them anymore. They they have lost their focus. They have they they have uh, they they are not thinking about Jesus on a daily basis. Something has come along in their life, and it has caused them to lose focus. And and they like he was talking about in chapter two, they have begun to drift away, and and, no, and they are no longer considering Jesus. They're not fixing their eyes on Jesus. It's on whatever is going on in their life, and therefore they begin to wonder, and they wander away. And we, we see it all the time. There are still, there, there, if you think about it, there are so many things going on in our world today that makes us wonder. It, it takes our attention. It takes our focus off of Jesus and on onto whatever is going on around us. You know, we, we had uh, uh, the pandemic uh, for uh, two years, and now, you know, gas is outrageous and and. and uh, it's affecting everybody's paycheck and their daily lives. I, I'm a, uh, I'm self-employed. It, it, every time gas goes up, my paycheck it goes down. I, I burn about 25 gallons every two days in my delivery truck. Uh, it just absolutely it, it's horrible how much uh, that affects people's lives. And and then companies are charging us for fuel charges. It's, and and so it's it, all these things that are going on monkeypox. Pride Month, Black Lives Matter. There's so much division. There's so much chaos. You got mass shootings. One just happened yesterday at a, at a Fourth of July celebration, uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, uh, Uvalde, Texas. Uh, you know the the school shooting with these innocent children were just just shot and killed. I mean, it, it, it's it's all this stuff is from the enemy, and it's and it's used to distract us from from Jesus really from from getting to our goal which is heaven because that's where Jesus is and so 
here in the book of Hebrews, we have these Christians who were losing focus because of persecution. And we're going to see later on in the book that the author is saying, he's like, hey, is, he says, I know what's rough, but don't drift away. That's what he said in chapter 2. Don't drift away, but keep your eyes on Jesus. Consider Jesus. Think about Jesus so that you don't drift away, so that you don't wonder. Consider. Kata noeo. Consider Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And it's some great, great, great advice for even for us today with all these things that are going on around us, that are pulling our attention away from Jesus. Just remember to keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember Jesus on a daily basis. And he's going to say this later on in the chapter. Maybe in the next podcast. I can't remember down in my notes, but he says we need to remind each other every day to focus on Jesus. And if you can just imagine what they were going through with the persecution uh, because they were, I mean, they, he even says, he said, I know you've been put in jail. I, I, I know you're, you've been beaten. I know you, you're losing everything that you have. But don't drift away. Just keep your eyes on Jesus because in the end, it's going to be worth it all. And that's what I want to say to you today, that it just no matter what you're going through, I know it's hard. I know life can beat us down and beat us up and, and, and just beat us black and blue. But, but don't give up. And that's, what he, that, that, that's his whole purpose or the author's purpose of writing this letter is, is to these Jewish Christians who are walking away from Jesus. And he's saying, no, no, you're, keep your eyes on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Don't drift away. Don't walk away. Draw closer to Jesus at this rough time and and just endure to the end and then it'll be worth it all so the third thing that i thought about when uh, i read those passages uh when i was studying for this podcast was this jesus was faithful to god who appointed him that that's what the hebrew author says jesus was faithful to god who appointed him And, and you may be thinking well of course he was faithful to god uh because he was god right um and, and the, the author of Hebrew has already established the fact that even though Jesus was God, he was also 100% human. He, he ate and drank. He bled. He, uh, 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 he felt pain. He got thirsty. He got hungry. He, 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 he had emotions. Even though Jesus was God, he was human. And, and, when, and, and because he was human... That means just like us, he had choices to make. And and the, the the author of Hebrews tells us that he was tempted in every way that we're tempted. So he had the same opportunities that we did to fall. He had the same opportunity, the same choices we have, uh, but he always made the right choice. He never sinned. He he was always faithful to God. Not one time. Did he sin? Did he make the wrong decision? He always made the right decision. And, and that's why Jesus would always tell his disciples and the people that he was teaching, he'd say, the works you see me do, it is my Father doing them through me. In other words, I'm down here in human form. I have the same choices you have. And, and what you see me do here is, is it's not me doing it. It's the Father. It's God the Father working through me. In John 14, 10, he says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me does his work through 
me. And so since Jesus was faithful to God in such a way, this makes him greater than Moses. And that's, that, that's what he tells uh, his audience, that Jesus is greater. He, not only is he greater than the angels, but the, the Jews had a ton of respect for Moses. Moses, in their eyes, wrote, they, he wrote the Pentateuch, the, the law, the first five books of the Bible. He visited God up on Mount Sinai and got the Ten Commandments. Moses was the man uh, to, the, to the Hebrew people, to the Jews. And, and, and so the Hebrew author is saying, you know, you consider Moses, but look at Jesus. And G, look how faithful Jesus was. And you look at Moses, and he talks about Moses' faithfulness, and we'll talk about that here in just more in just a second. But he, he said, Jesus for never once made the wrong decision. Jesus never once did a, a, a sin, committed a sin. He, he was perfect, the only person that was ever perfect. And he had to be to become our high priest and to become our once and for all sacrifice. But he says, For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. So the house that Moses would be over is Israel or the Hebrew people of the Old Testament when they were in Egyptian bondage. And, and God called Moses, remember from the burning bush, he called Moses to lead his people out from the Egyptian bondage into the promised land uh, that he had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And and and. And Moses was faithful. He, 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 he did accomplish that task. But we'll see in just a second that Moses had flaws. Jesus never had any flaws. Moses had some flaws. And let me, I'll just give you some examples. Uh, first of all, he doubted God. When God called him to lead the, the Hebrew people out of Egyptian bondage, he started coming up with excuses. Well, who do I tell the people sent me? Uh, what well, don't you know that I stutter? I, I I can't speak very well. I need you know who am I that I that I should do this great? T-? He just came up with all this stuff trying to talk God out of sending him. But he eventually obeyed, right? And then he brings the people out of Egypt. And, and, and comes to the Red Sea, the Red Sea splits, they go across on dry ground, the Egyptians come behind them, the waters go back and drown the Egyptian army, and, and the Hebrew people are well on their way, right? And you would think that everything's going to be hunky-dory and it's going to be great, but nope. They get hungry, they get thirsty, they start complaining, and, and Moses goes before God, God sends uh, uh, manna from heaven, they get tired of eating the manna. We're sick eating this manna. We've been eating this manna for days and weeks. We need some meat. And so then God sends quail. And, and so they get to eat quail. And you would think, well, hey, if, if God's providing, everything's going to be great. Nope. And so they, 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 uh, they end up murmuring and complaining over and over again, telling Moses, why did God lead us out here just to kill us? You know, we would have been better off if we were back in Egypt. And Moses heard this almost on a daily basis. And and, and it's like, it, it doesn't matter how many miracles that God does for these people, they were still stubborn and, and hard-headed, and they would complain and murmur and complain and murmur. And, and, and Moses would just get frustrated and angry with the people and their unbelief. And eventually that frustration would get the best of him. Uh, and we see in Numbers 20, uh, 1 through 13, 
we see this taking place. It says, In the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died. That was uh, Moses' sister. Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And the people blamed Moses and said, If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. You know, in other words, they've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. They, they haven't gotten to go to the promised land. And that's because of their unbelief. They had, they had sent spies in uh, to the land that's flowing milk and honey. They brought all these uh, all this stuff back showing how great the land is and how, how that land provides and how God is blessing them. And, and because of their uh, 10 negative reports from the spies and two positive reports, Joshua and Caleb, uh, uh, they said, we're not going. And so since they, they did not trust God, that God would take care of them, they had to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. And so this was going on for 40 years. Moses had to put up with these people and their attitude. And, and, and here you see it. They're, they're here, here They come to another place. There's no water uh, for them to drink. And so they rebel against Moses and Aaron. They're blaming Moses and they're blaming God. If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why they were out there wandering. We'd have been better off out there dead in the wilderness like our brothers. And then they say in verse 4, Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all of our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? And Moses didn't do that. They chose that. They chose that for themselves. They chose to be disobedient and not trust God. And God said, you're going to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. But yet, instead of taking responsibility, they're blaming God. They're blaming Moses. Why have you brought the congregation out of the Lord's, of the Lord's people into the wilderness to die along with our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? He didn't make you leave Egypt. You, chose, you, you cried out to God for over 400 years. And God brought you out. But they're blaming God and they're blaming Moses. Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. You know what land did? The land that you were supposed to went to 40 years ago, but you chose not to trust God. And now there's consequences to your actions. And you're instead of taking responsibility, you're blaming God, and you're blaming Moses, and you're blaming Aaron. You're blaming the wrong people. Look at yourself. And it's no different in our world today. We blame everybody, but instead of taking responsibility for our own choices and our own actions. Boy, that's a good sermon in that. That's why you're, you're out in the wilderness and there's no grain, there's no figs, there's no grapes. And pop- All that stuff's over in the land of promise that God was trying to get you to go to, but you said no. And so now you're doing without and you're wandering around this wilderness for 40 years. So, verse 6. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle. That's where they worshiped God, that tabernacle. Where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble, <coughs> assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak. This is important right here. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. <coughs> now remember, they're out in the wilderness. It's desert. There's nothing there. They're thirsty. There is no water in sight. There's nothing to drink. There's only a big old rock. And God says, okay, here's what you do. You go to that rock in front of all the people 
and you speak to the rock, Moses. Just speak to it. And water's going to come out, and it's going to be enough water for the people to get all they want and for their livestock all they want and all that they need. I'm going to take care of my people. Even though they've been rebellious, still going to take care of them, God says. Verse 9, so Moses did as he was told. Everything's going great. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. So it's going great. It's going as planned, as God told Moses to do. And so he's standing there at the rock. He's got the staff, right? And he's ta- he's gathered the people and he's talking to the people. And he says, listen, you rebels. <laughs> he's, he's, mad. he's mad. He's sick and tired of hearing these people's gr- uh, groaning and mu- murmuring, complaining. He says, listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? And then Moses raises his hand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It goes south right here. He raised his hand and he struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So notice, God says speak to the rock. Moses didn't speak to the rock. He struck it. Not only did he strike it once, but he struck it twice out of anger. Water still came from the rock. God still came through for his people. He still provided for his people. But because Moses didn't do what God said to do, to speak to the rock in front of the people, it's going to cost him. It's going to cost him big time. Moses raised his hand and he struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you do not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. This place is known as the waters of Meribah, which means arguing, because there the people of Israel argue with the Lord, and there he demonstrated his holiness among them. Because Moses, as faithful as he was, because he did not obey God in this one instance, it cost him from going into the promised land. He was only able to see it. He only got to see this land that he had been trying to get to for a very long time. All because he disobeyed God. Speak to the rock, Moses, in front of the people. But instead of speaking to the rock, he struck it twice. And it cost him dearly because he didn't follow God's instructions. Oh man, what a lesson there is. I'm telling you, the Old Testament is just full of lessons for us. But the Hebrew author is talking about the faithfulness of Moses and how awesome Moses is. But Moses had flaws. And here is Moses' greatest flaw. He let his emotions get the best of him. And, and, and he was disobedient to God's instructions because of it. In Deuteronomy 34, 1-9, it says, Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak which is across from Jericho, and the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah extending to the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zor. Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said I'll give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes. But you will not enter the land. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. And the Lord buried him in the valley near Beth Peor in Moab. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. 
Moses was 120 years old when he died. And get this. Yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. Even though he's 120 years old, he was just like a young kid. And the people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab and for 30 days until he until the customary period of mourning was over. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. And so the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. But because Moses was disobedient, he hit the rock twice instead of just speaking to the rock. He didn't get to see the I mean he did not get to go into the promised land. He only got to see it. And he was in perfect health when God basically took his life and buried him there on the mountain. And to this day, nobody knows where he was buried. And then Joshua, one of the faithful spies who went in and said, hey, we can take this land because God is with us. He's blessing us mightily. Joshua would lead then the people into the land that flows with milk and honey, the promised land. Moses was considered faithful like Jesus. But Jesus is far greater than Moses because he was never, never disobedient. Jesus had no flaws, zero. He was perfect in every way. He made every right decision. And he never let his emotions get the best of him like Moses did. The fifth thing I thought about when I was uh, studying for this podcast is um, this. He says, But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house if... We keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. <clears throat> Before I started Bible college, I was a meat department manager of a, of a grocery store that burned to the ground. And so I was off for, for quite a while, about six to eight months, something like that. And I was getting paid for being off. It was great. Uh, but I was also bored. And I, I decided that I was going to buy some land. So I, I purchased three acres of land and I was going to build this log cabin. And I designed the log cabin on a napkin and carried it to an Honest Abe log cabin dealer and, uh, uh, and and told him what I wanted to do. They came up with the blueprints, ordered my logs and my kit that went along with it. And over that period of time that I was being paid to be off work, uh, I literally built my own log cabin, 1,806 square feet uh, on that three acres of land. Had a pond dug. It, it was a beautiful, beautiful setting. Uh, and when I go home to see family, I'll drive by that log cabin to, to see what it looks like now. Um, because the people that are living in it now, uh, they are contractors or, or the, 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 the husband is a contractor. And so he builds houses for a living and he has just totally taken that log cabin and just remodeled it. And it, it, and it is so, so beautiful and in fact it looks way better now than it did when i first built it because he he has a whole lot more experience in building than i did but when people drive by that log cabin even today or they see pictures of it on facebook they they say because i've shared pictures of it with with my friends and they'll say that house is so beautiful I, i've always wanted a log cabin but you know what they don't say 
They don't say, Randall Tucker did a great job on building that house. In fact, most people who drive by it and see its beauty don't even know who built it. They don't know when it was built. They just see the log cabin and say, Ooh, that's a beautiful house. Well, the author of Hebrews is looking back and he's reminding his audience. He's saying, you are a part of the house since you are following Christ, but remember who the builder of the house is. It's not Moses, even though he was faithful, but Moses is not the builder of the house. It's Jesus. And, and, and he says, as a matter of fact, God is the builder of everything, and Moses was just a faithful servant in God's house. But Christ, as God's son, is in charge of God's entire house, meaning the kingdom, the church, that is made up of Jews and Gentiles. Jesus is over all of that. He is in charge. Therefore, Jesus is greater than Moses. And so that is the point that he wants to, to, to hone in in the first part of chapter 3. And, 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 and he does a good job of that, but he, he's going to shift focus just a little bit to encourage his readers to keep their eyes on Jesus. Not angels, not Moses, but to keep your eyes on Jesus. I know you're suffering from persecution. You're going through all this hard stuff. You lost everything that you have. It's very difficult. You've been beaten, but don't lose your confidence. Don't let your grip, your tight grip, loosen and begin to slip. Stay focused on Jesus. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He is God in the flesh. He's sitting at the Father's right hand in the place of honor. And, 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 and he endured the cross. He's going to be saying that in, 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 in chapter 12. He endured the cross. And, and, and therefore, he was tempted just like we are. He, he's been through the persecution like we have. Stay faithful to Jesus. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today. Stay faithful to Jesus. <clears throat> He is deity. He is God in the flesh. He, he come down and lived as a man. And, and he has lived life like we live life. And he, he never sinned, not one time, so he could be our sacrifice to, to be the penalty, the payment of our sin debt to God. And he offered himself. He, he died on the cross. He was buried for three days. And he come out of that tomb victorious over, over death and hell. And then he ascended back to the Father and he sits at the Father's right hand and he's greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He is the greatest. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is sitting at the Father's right hand making intercession for those who are washed in his blood, for those who are a part of his house. And, and the Hebrew author says, we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ, because it's only in Christ that we can be a part of God's house. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? If not, please contact me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com, and I will uh, talk to you more about that. If you have any questions about Hebrews, about Jesus, about God, about the Bible, about the church, please email me, thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll answer any question that you have. And if you're not local, I will find somebody in your area that will help you get to know this Jesus, and that you can be on your way to heaven and be a part of the family of God, to be a part of God's house. If you have made that decision today, 
share Jesus with somebody, give them the same hope that you have that you that their sins can be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and that they could be a part of God's house and they could be on their way to heaven someday to be with Jesus for eternity. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I can't wait to to, to be with you again and and we'll cover the second part of Hebrews chapter 3. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.